Welcome back to Customer Experience Conversations. Over the next few episodes, we will be discussing challenges in the financial industry. In this episode, we talk about how events could be saving banks from declining footfall. Welcome everyone. This is Greg speaking here from ACF. I'm joined today by Louis and Adam. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Today we're going to be talking primarily what are the challenges that we see the financial sector in particular are facing at the moment and just some of the ideas that we've got and we've implemented with our customers over the last year or two that helps try and mitigate and improve those challenges. And we're going to start by sort of, you know, maybe hearing some, some case studies from Louis because I know you found some really interesting case studies that sets a good baseline for this topic, but also we can start to work down the long list of of uh, challenges that we've seen and like I say started to to help our customers try and solve those those challenges so quick introduction my yeah myself I'm one of the key account managers here at ACF and uh, Adam Louis do you guys want to introduce yourself and then yeah my name is Louis I'm I'm in marketing at the UK office fantastic I'm Adam Howarth recently started to ACF also an account manager perfect so Louis do you earlier we were talking about that case study sort yeah. of story that you had Do you want to uh, maybe sh- share that yeah i, I just stumbled good. across an interesting example of a company that failed to effectively implement a digital transformation strategy and it was a company called circuit city and they were actually the best performing stock in the 1980s even though they only became public in 1984 mm-hmm. so it's quite impressive and they focused in like hi-fi systems computers quite old school technology and they revolutionized customer experience they had these uh, these stores where everyone, everyone could walk in and test out all of this technology, which was, at the time was quite an impressive experience. However, they failed digitalization. And because of that, companies like Best Buy and Amazon, they completely blew them out of the market. And in t- I think it was in 2008, Circuit City filed for bankruptcy and they began liquidation. So it's just, it's just interesting to see even a technology company like Circuit City failed their digital transformation strategy. Mm-hmm. So it's not an easy thing to achieve. And I was just thinking about how this could link into the financial industry. Yeah. What examples have you seen of these kind of problems in the financial industry, in banks? Well, I think taking that use case, what year was that? Sorry, again, that was... It was in the 1980s. So it was in the 80s. So the challenges faced with digital transformation in the 80s are not quite the same as yeah. the, the, okay. the digital challenges that, that banks face today, hopefully, anyway. Um, <laughs> but... The, the challenges still remain nonetheless, but I just think the challenges have evolved. So it's no longer a question of whether you should or shouldn't have a website. You know, that's maybe a question that organizations 10, 15, 20 years or whenever, you know, that came about. Um, but, you know, the, the, like I say, the challenge is different. I think in, if we look very focused in on the banking sector, especially a retail banking, you know, large questions that face these organizations today are should we you know or what level of physical branch ownership should we have what are the roles of those branches how do we manage customer experience between the generations so younger generations well not necessarily but certain generations certain uh, customers really prefer online and somewhat don't prefer going into physical branches then you have different customer bases that really prefer that so that all then funnels back into the underlying digital infrastructure effectively behind a bank uh, some of those are legacy systems that are very hard to change that, you know, I don't envy the project manager that's got to got to manage from a very old dated CRM to a new one. That's a very difficult project, for example. But 
Um, there's a lot of, of new technologies as well that present challenges. Technologies that can really transform customer experience to help, like, a, like I say, mitigate some of the risks that we'll talk about, some of the challenges that we'll talk about. So I think rounding off everything that sort of I'm saying here is that, yeah, the challenges that that organization faced in the 1980s around digital transformation were completely different to the ones that banking the banking sector faced today. However, the challenges still remain. And yeah. I think a lot of those challenges, uh, like I say, we, we would like to think in reality it's been cracked, but actually yeah. it hasn't. No. It, it really hasn't. So many organizations I speak to today cannot do simple, what we would consider to be you know, nice to have simple solutions from an IT perspective, but simply cannot make it happen from an underlying architecture perspective. So that might be very a very generalized example, but... I do think it's somewhat the case in the banking sector in particular. What's interesting to see is if retail is going to start declining and if footfall in banks is going to reduce mm-hmm. in the way that it has in retail. Retail obviously have approached it in their own way mm-hmm. by using events. Yep. Do you think this same trend is going to repeat itself in yeah. the financial industry? I think it already has. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it has to, doesn't it? Yeah, Almost absolutely. Certainly. Yeah. Okay. I think we've seen over the last few years in particular, especially here in the UK, it's somewhat different across like Europe and then as you, you spread across the world, it's definitely different. But here in the UK in particular um, and in, in Europe, uh, you know, some of the countries that we work with, there has been a general decline in footfall in the retail environment. And whether that's retail banking, we also more traditional retail of all different types. I think we, we know that's because of the, the huge amount of opportunity to perform retail activities online, right? That's nothing new. That's That's been here for, for quite some years. So with that, however, I think it doesn't present the, the question of how do we eradicate that problem because that problem is only going to be continuing. You're not going to solve that. You're not going to stop people shopping online or you're not going to stop people from utilizing online services. It To me, it's a different question that organizations are asking themselves nowadays. And it's, it's how do we bring customers back to physical locations but for meaningful experiences? It's not about oh, no one's coming to the branch anymore. It's people want to come to the branch, in my opinion. But they want to come for the right reasons. They don't necessarily want to come for the reasons that you think they want to, you know, sales or even service. It's more about community experience, value added services, I would say really is the driver now in retail. And that follows completely through into banking. I don't really see a huge difference, in my opinion, anymore. I think what customers Mm. just think about us, we're, we're all customers, right? Do you have in your mind, do you really have a massive different level of expected service when you walk into a bank to when you walk into you know any other retailer a clothing retailer or anything like that you probably expect the same level of service you know your your telco provider your phone provider if you walk into to one of their stores do you realistically expect any less of a service than if you walk sorry in a bank than if you did in in a retailer i personally think i'd probably expect higher yeah i certainly go. wouldn't expect less i think it should yeah. be a very efficient kind of experience if I walk in and try on a, a t-shirt in Top Man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good example. Like, I wouldn't want to. I would imagine walking into my local high street bank should be a, a lot less chaotic. It should be easier. There you go. Um, so yeah, I, I certainly think you're spot on there, Greg. Really. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting dynamic that the world. You know, we we often talk about a good example. We often talk about uh, omni-channel. You know, mm. covering all the channels and stuff, and that is a very important part of a strategy. But to to me, it really is just it's just one channel. A customer doesn't see channels with your organization they just interact with you how they want to interact with yeah. you they don't really think of it in the same world the same way that we sometimes perceive it as individuals to implement solutions on an omni-channel environment you know or 
you know, for, for the individuals out there who's that is their responsibility to manage interactions with customers. The customer sees it to me in a much simpler way. I want to interact with you and your business. That could be physically, it could be digitally, it could be across any of the channels. Are you meeting me there? Are you able to serve me for my needs at that channel that's most convenient? And of course, at that time, that's most convenient as well. Mm. Um, and I think that's an ever evolving challenge, but it, it does link back to quite heavily to me to the footfall challenge. Um, that's quite a big part of it. The fact that there's a general declining in footfall in the retail world and you know, we've implemented quite a few solutions in particular the last few years that really have helped retail banks uh, mitigate that. Okay, yeah. You mentioned briefly about uh, what Santander are doing. Mm -hmm. Would you be able to tell me a bit more about that? Sure. So Santander, to me, a really, really good case study, actually, of, 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 a, of a banking organization that's doing, I think, a really, really good job of uh, innovating in the right areas, utilizing various channels to engage with customers utilizing different types of engagement as well so a, a good case study of theirs at the moment are the work cafes so if you go online to sandander.co.uk etc and in several countries across europe they've launched work cafes transforming some of their traditional branches or even sometimes flagship stores believe it or not you know right in the center of town to actually branches that are you know there's there's some hardware there there's a couple of staff members, but primarily it's a workspace. Is it a cafe? Yeah. You start serving say, coffee? It does. No, they have coffee. They so have they're taking on Starbucks, are they? Yeah, well, maybe. Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a completely different dynamic. Like, that, yeah. to me, that's a fantastic example of innovation yeah. that I think needs to happen right now. Because I do think there's an element in, in, in retail and in banking where it's, you know, it's about experimentation. And I, I really like what Santander have done there. And I think they've done a very good job of it as well. And t from what I can see, it's, it seems to be mm. um, working pretty well. Would definitely alter the, the, the experience with the brand. Instead of going into a bank and it's just, you line up, you go to the teller, you get your money out. Mm -hmm. You maybe ask a question about your bank account. It's more of a networking business approach. I think a one-to-one -one experience with coffee and it's leaving. I think it's a cracking idea. Yeah, it's, I, I, mean, I really like that. I mean, maps of small business people, you know, that don't particularly have their own working place in the town or whatever. You know, they are, they are have always in the past met at coffee shops, mm -hmm. met at small hotels, those kind of thing. Whereas if there's going to be a branch for your, your bank and if your bank offers that service, then you're more likely to go into your branch more often. So I think it's a really, really good idea. It's a perfect example of a company trying to better utilize the resources it has. Of course, banks were trying to figure out, like all retail stores, how many branches and how many people working these branches they require. Mm -hmm. You see some companies closing a lot of branches, others are keeping them. Do you think this is uh, just the start of a new trend to solve a problem of yeah. reducing footfall? So I think naturally we've seen a, a general direction is a general reduction in the number of stores. I think it was maybe a bit inflated or a bit bloated, if you want to use that mm. term, for, for a period of time where, you know, real estate was rife in terms of just buying yeah. as many physical locations. Santander used to be like that incredibly, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. I, I think a good case study for that was Tesco. Can you remember at one point Tesco yeah. got told to rein it in because they were buying too much, too much land? Too much land. <laughs> <Yeah>. So uh, <laughs> I think for just, you know, just for simply hitting the convenience, you know, factor, you know, if it's convenient, people tend to lean that way. And I think that's still very much true, but what's even nearer than a branch is your phone. So that, that sort of, you know, mitigates that one a bit. So you have to be careful with obviously having too much. And I think that's where the general direction has been is how many branches do we have? Number one, how many do we need? You can work that out by using different data. 
uh, points etc but but not just how many we need it's it's about what roles those branches play and i think that's something that's been happening in the last few years in the banking sector i think a lot of organizations are still going through that transition trying to work out the different types of branches that they have um, and the different roles that each of those branches play and that can be ranging from your flagship branch to your work cafe as we had the example mm -hmm. then all the way through to branches that don't have any staff at all they're just atm based branches where i live in amersham there is a branch there that simply you know you go through a door that opens and closes at a certain time and there are simply a, a series of atms no staff no staff at all so is it 24 hour then <laughs> i don't actually know to be fair i've not been down there you know one in the morning or anything but it's yeah. a bank robber's dream yeah absolutely yeah well the, the for me though the interesting thing is that you've got this ginormous range of branch type or you know sort and i think that's always been there we always know it's always been but i think it's never been more important to really define the roles of your branches not just in terms like i said the locations but what are the services they're offering what is the customer experience you're really trying to create in each of those because yeah. For that one, for example, you're trying to create a completely different customer experience to one that is a flagship store. What do you think determines the different roles of these branches? Maybe factors such as location or yep. the demographics surrounding that branch, maybe? Yep. I think, yeah, both of those plus probably loads of other variables that they, they factor in. Yeah, there'll be so many different factors that you're looking at there to decide what branch, obviously the, the history of the branch, the history of the services offered in that area, the location. Probably demographic, everything. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. In a busy city, you could have one of these 24-7 yep. branches, but in a rural town with an aging demographic, they're probably going to want some humans mm. in their bank branch. Yeah, yeah, almost certainly. To chat to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, it comes back to demographic again. It's one of the, the other challenges, I guess, that the banking sector really face is how, how do you personalize the experience? I'd say that's probably the second major trend to probably discuss today. But how do you personalize the experience more? And one way that organizations have been doing that is to really define the branches, make sure the service that they offer are very much tailored to the audience, i.e. the local the local people, et cetera, and the people using that branch. But there's lots of other ways that you can personalize the experience, language, preferences. certain. For example, you obviously work with a lot of appointment solutions, so offering certain appointment types to individuals based on their needs, really. You can get very specific about that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's an interesting dynamic that the decline in footfall is really, really forcing organizations yeah. to really look at the basics. How many branches, where, what do they do, what do we offer? So that's, a, to me, an interesting one. Yeah, I'm with you in that bank branches aren't going to die. I've seen a lot of articles online saying the bank branch is dead. Mm. It's all about digital currency. Yeah, sure. We don't need physical stores anymore. But I don't think that's the case at all. I think we're just in a stage of transition. I don't think that's the case either, personally. Going into a bank, into a branch, you obviously will go in there normally because you've got something you need to do, paying cash, take out cash. But I think a lot of times, depending on your demographic and your, you know, your education in terms of what you're doing, whether it be buying a house, taking out a personal loan, I don't think you can get away from that kind of personal experience of seeing the whites of someone's eyes. And I think you'll always need that. I think you will always need that. I think the challenge that obviously banks probably face is getting people in and encouraging them to actually do that rather than read online and go through those kind of things. Mm. So, you know, we mentioned, Greg briefly mentioned about appointments and solutions. I think banks, in a weird way, they need to almost show themselves as educators as well. Um, and get people in to educate them on something mm -hmm. like the, ver the different types of mortgages. You know, when I first bought my first house, long time ago now, at the worst time ever as well, when the market crashed, you know, I didn't really understand the difference between trackers, fixed rates, whether I should have gone a two-year, a five-year, whatever. Yep. You know, people now, they're more impatient. There's a lot of information online, but the ability to actually get yourself some dedicated time with someone who understands that, I think that will never go. 
the banks just need to be perhaps a little bit smarter about how they get encourage people into that yeah yeah offering an you know speaking quite openly i think offering an appointment based system i think is is crucial to that because naturally what you're doing is you're promoting a face-to-face interaction at a time that suits the customer breaking it down to its simple level and it, it's fundamentally going back to something you said there is actually if you look at why an appoint why appointments are so successful in terms of their effectiveness is because in a face-to-face environment number one things are more effective anyway but but number two if a customer books an appointment with you there's a heavy buying signal in terms of they want to know more they are serious about learning mm. more or wanting to buy your products or services or whatever it may be so it's not just appointments are nice to have to me they're absolutely crucial if you don't have an appointment system and it's not necessarily just appointments face-to-face in branches that can be phone-based appointments it can be video-based yeah. appointments it absolutely can be even chat-based appointments agreed to speak with someone on a chat at a certain time you know life is about convenience nowadays it and is. doing things whenever it suits me best and you know we're all working towards that but in the banking space in particular appointments play a crucial role that's one example i think one of the most uh, a second most important strategy that i'm seeing now in the financial space in particular is the rise of events and actually following on from appointments there you just talked about and creating creating those face-to-face interaction banks in particular we're working with a lot of a lot of customers at the moment in in piloting these solutions and building these solutions out is really building sort of like an enterprise event strategy so looking at the branches looking at the the staff members you have you know your physical locations and your staff are probably the most two two most expensive resources you have so it's about how do we make the absolute most out of those resources and one very effective way is to implement a in-branch event model that we've seen and that's what we've been building out with a lot of our customers whereby you can look at your branches and entire estate and you can say how do we offer events at a branch level local flagship all these types of branch we talked about how do i better utilize those and actually promote events to local communities because you can very much localize an event you can offer products or services or you know event topics that are very much front of mind for the people that live in that area using geolocation services and browsing history for example and interactions online it's not hard to work out trends of what people in a certain area are interested in why wouldn't you promote an event and bring customers down to to your local store around those types of events one of the misunderstandings with events is that it's all about sales it really isn't from my experience the majority of events are around education enablement just informing your customers of, of good ideas products or services adam talked about buying his first house i know from speaking to several of the banking clients that we have the most popular event types is is a first-time buyer event okay. so popular because regardless of your age but wherever you are when buying your first house it's pretty intimidating an Just experience right so yeah you're about to spend more money you've ever spent before yeah you don't ex- want to get it wrong exactly so it's an intimidating thing to do and actually in reality to not have any face-to-face interaction around that is also scary so therefore offering events in a branch is something actually that is really going down well at the moment um, and we're seeing a huge uptake in first-time buyer, first mortgage application-based events. Perfect. Okay. And like I say, it's just about educating a generation on all those things you talked mm. about, you know, mortgage rates and things like that. So, so that seems to be the general direction of yep. digital transformation strategy at the moment is educating the market on how to go yep. about their finances effectively. Yep. And companies are uh, they're using technology like appointment booking systems to facilitate this. Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting. They're core strategies, aren't they? Appointment strategies, event strategies, 
your branch strategy, your online, your call center strategy. They're all just strategies of a business mm. to harness and maximize all customer engagements. Like I say, in a world where you have a declining footfall, one way to mitigate that is to promote events. Bring customers back to branches for a meaningful reason. That's sometimes the hardest bit to, to find is the meaning in the interaction. Because yeah. why would someone come in to do this service in a branch when I can just do it online? Absolutely. There's that massive gap. And some people do prefer that, so they always go in branch, but a lot of people don't nowadays. It's so much quicker, yeah. so much easier to do that. I was shocked the other day because I didn't realize, I don't know if you guys know this, but I didn't realize that now uh, with a lot of banks, you can even pay a check-in on your mobile app. Can did you, you? Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. <laughs> how, so, do they, how do they do that? You literally take a photograph of the check yep. on your app and it clears within a day. Perfect. So, you know, you could argue actually that's fantastic because obviously one bank's come up with that so everyone has to do it. Hmm. But if anything, that's actually, again, taking footfall away from the banks. Yeah. Because someone like me who doesn't often go into a bank, now I don't need to go in because my nan gave me a check for £8.50 or whatever. I can just do it on the app. So, you know, I think those solutions are fantastic and people love them but they also can be kind of counterproductive because mm. that will take footfall away from the bank yeah for sure you're spot on I mean, if it could be done on a mobile phone why do i need to come in yep and that and that, that links back to to sort of the idea that it's about redefining what is meaningful to your customers mm. like events to educate customers on how to buy a first-time mortgage that has a lot of meaning that will pull people into your branches really will. for sure because it is right now for loads of branches loads of banks out there you go onto a lot of websites and you know it's really working that is a strategy yeah. we're seeing that's absolutely working it we're doesn't have to be mortgages it. either does it it could be savings it could be anything yeah. looking after your estate and your retirement fund taxes whatever and these are all things that if they went to source that knowledge privately would cost them money yeah we're talking about piloting event strategies with like telcos etc at the moment where it's all about educating people on home security products that they sell they're a telco, but they sell home security-based products. Yeah. And like that's a pull factor. It's a hot topic that's really able to to create a meaningful experience because you would physically go to a store, have that face-to-face -face interaction, learn about that particular product or service, and you'll come away feeling empowered. And that's something that is very hard to communicate as effectively, mm. in my opinion, online. Going back to what you said earlier, Louis, face-to-face -face definitely has its role to play. Yeah. But it's about really looking at the services you offer and saying, well, what is meaningful? What is a meaningful experience face-to-face -face today? If you can do things online, like like doing uh, checks and stuff like that, you know that's one less reason, like you say, to come in. But there are still a thousand other reasons yeah, for really why is. customers should be visiting and why customers will want to visit your physical branches. Mm. So that's the sort of second point we talked about. So the first one was like a declining footfall. The second was the idea that the redefining of the branches are, are helping personalize the experience. And I think actually events plays a key role in that as well, in particular about offering and, and inviting customers to events on a very one-to-one -one level. If you're interested in a particular product or service and you've shared that interest with your bank, there's no reason why they can't invite me as Greg or you as Adam or mm. you as Louis to your local branch. You know, and you can get very highly targeted with with certain certain strategies like appointments or, or, or events. And I think maybe the third and sort of final one to discuss today in terms of a challenge that I've seen in particular the last, like I say, couple of years is the need to really increase the utilization of the resources you have at hand and we touched on this a little while ago around better using your branches and your staff and this actually to me is a huge a huge driver right now in the banking sector um, you've got like we talked about staff and branches are probably your biggest overhead but to me around around the actual physical locations things like events obviously help 
increase the utilization of those. So you can host events during your working hours. You can host events obviously after your working hours. There's no reason as to why you can't. And from a, a people perspective, you've got the idea that you've got all these knowledgeable people, extremely knowledgeable and skilled individuals. Mm-hmm. You can surely use those people more effectively. You know, if someone's standing around in a branch not serving a customer, they're being underutilized. Yeah. Bottom line, that's the that's the truth of the situation. So how can you better utilize them? Well, again, going to the events example, not to use that as the only example, but why not schedule them in to host an event? If they're a mortgage specialist, get them to host an event with customers, invite customers to that event and say from four till five on next Thursday, you're going to be hosting your own event. You're the specialist. You're going to have five, six, ten customers in the branch, maybe if we promote it well enough customers will come in like they will come in and you can host you can host your own event so it's about using those resources that you have sometimes better and not necessarily adding new resources there's so much talk of adding this technology platform and adding this one and adding that one and yeah ai and facial recognition there's a million things out there but actually sometimes it's just using what you've got at your fingertips a bit better and just thinking slightly about okay look we've got this system here and we've got these people and we've got these branches how can we create something a bit more interesting for our customers yeah i think there's a there's a big long list of of challenges that bank face but to me those three at the moment are are three massive hot topics the declining footfall uh, a need to personalize the experience and how can organizations better utilize what they already have rather than getting caught up in a million you know new and innovative ideas but hopefully we've also shared some ideas because we'll come back to this i think as a part two and maybe a part three in the future definitely Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope this has been valuable and insightful and we'll speak again soon.